Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. The bigger picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Welcome to the bigger picture of Money FM 89.3. And in focus, we've got Australia, which is still counting the votes from Saturday's elections. But world leaders have already begun congratulating Labour leader Anthony Albanese, his opposition party, back into power after nine years. So lots of work cut out for him. He has to figure out his approach towards China as well, where he is going to steer the Australian economy towards. To get a bigger picture, we've got Jeff Holly. He is the Senior Market Analyst for Owenda. Morning, Jeff. How are you doing today? Yeah, good. Thanks, Ryan. Happy Monday to everybody. Happy Monday, Jeff. And you are the voice we would love to hear more about Australia, where you've been watching very closely the elections playing out. And what have been the reactions playing out in the markets so far, Jeff, that you've been observing? Well, we've seen a modest gain in Australian stock markets this morning, but that's probably more likely due to the rally and US futures, index futures this morning and the neutral finish on Friday rather than the actual uh, election result. We've seen the Australian dollar rise by about 0.55% as well, dragging the Kiwi higher with it. And I believe that to a certain extent, the selected outcome was priced in by markets, but markets like stability. And I think mm. what markets liking this morning is that Labor is making, looks like it's on track for an outright majority in the Parliament and also potentially the Senate. Uh, meaning that it won't need any coalition partners and that's giving uh, the Australian dollar a slight boost. Yeah, pretty much going to script according to expectations at least uh, for the elections. And of course, he has his work cut out for him. Uh, a lot on the table, including China, as well as his climate change policy, uh, the transition away from coal. So of course, Australia is a bit of a proxy when it comes to the Chinese economy as well as a, a bit of a proxy when it comes to commodity prices. So when they talk about moving away from coal towards renewable energy. That takes some time. How will this impact Australia and the Australian dollar? Yeah, he was he was very, very circumspect, shall we say, about his exact plans for coal, which is a bit of a hot potato in Australia, being one of the largest coal exporters in the world and also being a huge employer in Australia as well. My feeling is that he will look to create more renewable energy for the Australian domestic market, but he's not going to mess around too much with coal exports to Asian partners. And I would expect that when Mr Albanese travels to Japan, I believe, today to meet Joe Biden mm. and the other officials, that um, one of the questions they will be asking him is, are you going to uh, restrict coal exports? They'll be looking for some reassurance on, on that front. And of course, uh, there's going to be a court meeting as well where the Australian leader will be meeting with India as well as Japan. Uh, also, US President Joe Biden. How does this set up the you know, dynamics for Chinese trade? I think... Uh Nothing's really going to change as far as Australia and China relations go. I mean, China actually did put quite a few restrictions on uh, Australian uh, exports as we know, in, in recent years. And, mm. and actually, Australia has managed to circumvent all that and find new markets and new customers for their exports. So to a certain extent, China shot themselves in the foot there. At the end of the day, China needs the things that Australia grows or pumps 
or drills or mines out of the ground. And so does the rest of the world. So I think uh, there won't be a lot of pressure on uh, uh, on Australia to change its, uh, mm. the direction of relations with China. All right, Jeff, uh, we've got a couple of central banks in action this week, including Indonesia, New Zealand and South Korea. So where you are right now, Jakarta, they are, you know, of course, seeing acceleration in inflation like many other places. What are you expecting when it comes to that rate decision this time around? Yeah, look, the acceleration in inflation really hasn't been as marked here because I think Indonesia was coming from a lower base, although I can tell you for nothing that activity is certainly, including the traffic, has mm. returned here uh, with a vengeance. Bear in mind also, uh, Indonesia is a resource-based economy, so like Australia, it's a little more head on those inflationary pressures. I think it's a 50-50 here. I do think that the Bank of Indonesia will look to raise rates finally by about a quarter of a percent or have a hawkish pause, as some are saying. So, uh, But uh, as, as far as South Korea and, and New Zealand go, we're definitely going to see hikes from both of those uh, countries this week. Yeah, the backdrop of New Zealand's economy, you've got a bit of a balancing act going on. You've got the jobless rate at 3.2% in the first quarter. That is the lowest levels since records began in 1986. And on the other hand, you've got wage inflation rising to 3.1%, the fastest pace in 2008. So what does this look like for the RBNZ in the coming quarters? Yeah, look, I mean, there's no other way to put it, but the RBNZ's really messed this up by quantitatively easing far too long. And so I think they've painted themselves into a very unpalatable monetary policy corner here. They're going to have to accelerate uh, rate hikes this year to try and clean up this mess. And I think it's almost inevitable that New Zealand will have a sharp slowdown because of that later in the year. All that you're saying there points to an inflation wage spiral of the RBNZ making. So I think if any country in the Asia-Pacific that's most at risk of a sharp slowdown this year, it would be New Zealand. Mm, and when it comes to South Korea, also inflation high on the radar, where we've got the rate at 4.8%, the highest since October 2008 in April. So mm. are you expecting them to also keep in step with um, what the Fed is doing? Yeah, I think we're going to see another quarter of a percent there, but I don't think the urgency's quite the same in, in South Korea. They've managed their way through this whole process through the pandemic uh, mm. better than most. And so, yes, inflation is rising there. Yes, there's cost of living pressures, and yes, they need to support the one, but they're not going to be under any pressure to accelerate those increases. So I'm thinking slow but steady from them and a quarter of a, a, quarter of a percent later in the week. Mm. And just to wrap things up, Jeff, we've been seeing the S&P 500 on the brink of heading into bear market territory. Is there a prospect of them actually doing so? And what will be the catalyst for it to you know, finally do it? Because you've got FOMC in action this week, also US earnings. Will there something be there to look out for? Oh, yeah, look, I, I think we still have to see more pain in the stock markets to correct. Now, we've had this huge rally over the last two years, thanks to quantitative easing, particularly from the Fed, but other central banks. That correction still has a way to go. We do have stagflationary pressures where growth is slowing, but costs are rising. That's never usually a good environment for equity markets. So unfortunately, I'm seeing more pain ahead. As we move into the June, well, the Q2 earnings season, I think the outlooks for large companies, if they starkly turn those outlooks down, that could be a catalyst for, for more losses. But I think it will remain a challenging environment unless U.S. yields 
suddenly move lower, but I'm not really seeing any evidence of that right now. If anything, the danger is to the upside there with at least two 50 basis point mm. rate hikes by the Federal Reserve ahead. Yeah, after last week's disappointing outlook from Target and Walmart, we'll be hearing from Costco, Best Buy and also Macy's, just a couple of names there on the calendar to watch on the earnings front. We've been chatting with Jeff Holly. He is the Senior Market Analyst for Oanda. Jeff, always great chatting with you and we'll catch up again with you soon. Wonderful to be there. Thanks very much, everyone. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.